Alvin and Joy Slaughter are on a mission to help couples receive breakthroughs, healing, and renewed passion in their relationships. For more information, please visit alvinandjoy.com. Here's Alvin and Joy. Okay, our question for today is a hot topic, and I'm sure we'll get a lot of engagement on this one. So let's just go right forward. The question is, how should married couples deal with the opposite sex? Joy, I'm going to let you handle that one again. (laughs) The big word here is very cautiously. So a married person must be very cautious about having a friend of the opposite sex. Uh And ideally, your spouse should be your best friend. Uh Um, When we look to the Bible, Matthew 19, 5, Genesis 2, 24, Ephesians 5, 31, they all speak of a man leaving his father and mother and being united to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So there's always going to be friends prior and during the marriage, but to have a healthy marriage, you have to be willing to let some things go. And if the Bible speaks of us letting our mother and father go, um, you know, and uniting with our spouse, how much, I think it's kind of unsaid, we don't really need to say that we do need to let some other things go because we're not single anymore. We've chosen to become married and become one flesh. Right. Um, I think it's really uh, important to keep away from people, especially of the opposite sex, who don't respect your spouse or your marriage. That's just an absolute no. If there's no respect, right? Um, I couldn't be friends with someone if they disrespected you as my husband. I right. would have to cut that relationship off. Right. Um, so what about if that if it's family members? What if you have family members? Even with family, I have to prioritize you above everyone else. I have to prioritize. If, if someone will not respect you as my husband, I just, for me, I can't do that. And I believe that's what the Bible's speaking of. You know, you can have very controlling family members. Uh, and that's what it's kind of speaking of, leaving that. It doesn't mean you never see your mother or father. Right. But when families be begin to come into your relationship and uh, weave in elements of control and disrespect, that's that's a boundary that has to be set where now, the Bible speaks of that. Even. Now, what we're not saying, just to be clear, what we're not saying is that if you have family members that um, don't like your spouse and there is a bona fide reason, for instance, let's say uh, you have a spouse that talks down to you or is emotionally, physically, uh, verbally abusive to you, you're not going to have family members that likes your spouse. So we're not talking about abusive situations because sometimes in those cases, family members are trying to protect you. But we're just talking about regular everyday situations where, um, you know, let's say again, we're talking about family at this point. Um, A family member may not like your spouse because you guys decided that you're going to, you know, not go to... Uh, not go to their house for the holidays, you're going to go to her family's house or his family's house. And now the other person is is thinking that's unfair because we always have holidays at our house. But you've decided that you're going to make your own rules, your own boundaries and do the things that you feel you should do. So now they're going to turn it against your spouse. That's one of those situations where I believe and I think you believe the same thing, where the spouses have to band right. together. Because it's not a personal vendetta. Right. It's just spending time with each other's spouse. But again, where there's any kind of abuse, 
and family members are trying to protect you, that's a different situation. And that's not what we're talking about in this particular mm -hmm. um, conversation. Right. Yeah, your spouse shouldn't ever have to compete for your emotional attention with anyone. Um, relationships with the opposite sex start off very innocent. However, when you and your spouse are walking through a tough season and you're experiencing some conflict, it's easy to then pull back from your spouse and draw closer to that person you're not in conflict with. Right. And often what happens when you're in conflict and you have a friend of the opposite sex, it's easy to start sharing your emotions and your feelings. And that can lead to emotional unfaithfulness. And it displaces your spouse from her or his rightful position in your heart. Right. It creates emotional distance between yeah. you and your spouse now, which is a bigger problem. And, and emotional affairs are very dangerous. Um, I mean, especially with access to so many different things on the Internet. Um, you can reconnect with old high school friends or old neighborhood friends when you were a kid. It's so easy to do that. And because of shared interests, um, it's easy to get involved in something that you had absolutely no intention of getting involved. Every relationship goes through seasons. Sometimes there's seasons of great connection and sometimes there are seasons where everybody's distracted. Someone is working uh, extra hours to make more money so you're not as connected conversationally. A mother may have a new baby or you have three or four children um, and you have to work. So their lives are very, very busy. And because of that, we have to be able to guard our hearts, as the Bible say. So however tight you feel you need to make the boundaries, don't be afraid to make those boundaries tight so that nothing gets involved. For instance, I don't have conversations with other women on Facebook. Even if they write to me, even if I've known them from the past, if there's any kind of conversation, it's from Joy and I. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't receive text messages, even if they're people that I've known for a long time. And even even if, if it comes from family members, except for my, like my sister and that kind of thing, if it's family members, it's from Joy and I. Now, that has nothing to do with emotional affairs. That has more to do that Joy and I are one. And I want people to know that we're together on what we do and what we say. And I just, I just, I think we both just like it that way. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, it's not exclusive all the time like that. Right. But we try to make everything... Um, about you and I so that it's not a separate thing. And then the last thing that I want to say, if possible, is, <laughs> is that uh, when it comes to um, relationships and those types of things uh, with the opposite sex, again, there's an illustration where, you know, a guy may wear a blue shirt and, and he's getting ready to leave to go to work and his wife may say, and again, it could be either one, husband or wife. I'm just saying this because I'm a guy. And, but the wife may say, you wearing that blue shirt again? You know, and then he gets to work and someone of the opposite sex, sex says, wow, you really look good in that blue shirt. Well, you know, that could have just been an innocent comment or it could have been a flirt. Who knows? But it doesn't matter. So you say thank you and you keep it moving. You don't entertain the conversation. That's our opinion is that you don't entertain that because, again, one can seem like she doesn't care, which she really may. And the other one seems like she really does care. And the, the enemy really plays on that. The enemy plays on perceptions inside of our mind. So I think that's a really important thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most sexual encounters outside of marriage are preceded by casual, innocent friendships yes. and inappropriate 
emotional intimacy. So when the devil comes in to divide a marriage, he doesn't come dressed like the devil. Right, right. He comes dressed as an angel of light. And it starts with very innocent and then boundaries get crossed. So right. for example, you sometimes you do have to deal with certain people. Let's just we know some situations where there's been unfaithfulness among um, worship teams and churches. Right. Now, that may have started, and it would have started very innocently, where, you know, they're planning um, worship practice and things like that, and one person has to Facebook the other person or email the other person. And, you know, you're meeting together once or twice a week, and maybe you start joking with each other and... Um, then you start developing a closeness. And even if um, you don't end up having a full-fledged affair, which right. we have witnessed happen, we have seen that happen, which it does in a lot of cases because of the way social media is so accessible. Um, even at that, it can create fantasies in your mind, right. which will still destroy your marriage because you're living in this, you have this fantasy of this other person, which is extremely dangerous right. and your spouse may not even know about it, but it's leading you into a life of sin and it may not happen all at once. It happens yeah. over time. And one day you wake up and realize you're in big trouble. So what we're saying is safeguard your marriage. And set boundaries together to protect your union. It's very important. We don't go to bed at night and leave our doors unlocked. Right. Now, there hasn't ever been a burglary in our area. Right. So it seems safe. We could leave our doors unlocked. But why would we? So in marriage, you have to protect your union and set boundaries. Lock the doors. Honor and respect your spouse by cutting all inappropriate friendships and intimate ties with people of the opposite sex. I like to think of it this way. Okay, some people think, ah, oh, it's okay if, it, for me, it's it's okay if I have a bunch of guy friends. You know, they were my friends from years ago. Right. There was nothing going on. Right. It's innocent. Okay, but let's look at this. How would I feel if my uh, married daughter had a bunch of guy friends. Right. Now she's married and I see her out. She's got a bunch of guy friends she talks to. Right. I wouldn't feel so good about that. Or my son, let's say my son who's married, you know, or or your son who's married, who we're talking to here today. Picture everyone out there who's listening, picture your son or your daughter and they get married. And let's say your son-in-law has a bunch of girl acquaintances and he's very friendly with them. How do you feel about your daughter mm -hmm. being married to him? Mm -hmm. Think of it that way. I wouldn't feel so good. I mm -hmm. think um I'm not I'm not real um comfortable with this. Right. But yet sometimes for ourselves we we look at ourselves and think ah it's fine it's innocent. Mm -hmm. But really what can it lead to? Right. Well, you know there's one other thing that I want to add to that. When you talk about fantasy, we're talking about the connections and relationships. It's not just an emotional thing. It can also be a physical thing. You may actually feel a chemistry with someone. And the reason why that happens is a hormone called oxytocin. And most couples in their dating stages and the newness of their relationship, they have oxytocin. Oxytocin is a hormone that shows you only the fantasies of people. It doesn't show you the you know the negatives you go oh my gosh we we both love blueberries oh my goodness 
you know, he's the funniest guy ever. And oh, you know, and, and then when you when you get married, you, you say, man, this guy can't ever be serious, <laughs> you know. But when you have those oxytocin uh, hormonal things going on, it makes those things seem like a fantasy when the reality is that eventually you come down off of the fantasy and real love kicks in with your wife. Real love kicks in. Real love doesn't really happen until after you had a few situations and problems and you overcome some battles and you decide that you're still going to make it happen. So you got to be careful for those initial things that happens, especially with the opposite sex, because number one, you have the enemy who is trying to cause division. Number two, you have oxytocin, which is this hormonal thing. And number three, you have emotions that are that are happening at different seasons of your life. Mm -hmm. And we don't know what we're feeding into either. Like women love attention. We love attention. Men love respect right. and things like that. So I might be um, totally uh, innocent, but let's say um, I start respecting another man or I show him respect. We don't know how he is in his relationship. Right. Or let's say um, you start giving a woman attention. Right. You tell her she looks nice or whatever, which seems innocent on your part. But you don't know what you're feeding into her heart. She right. might be in a very empty marriage. And now you're, by you just feeding into that right. need for her to have attention... It's starting to feed her heart, and now it's it's. It pulling. can be a trigger. It's a trigger, yeah. Right. And and then there's people, you know, we find that um, maybe there's a spouse who she doesn't respect her husband at home, but she goes to church and totally respects her pastor. Right. Now, yeah. you know, there's all kinds of triggers out there and stuff. Right. So now her husband sees, oh, she doesn't have any respect for me, but she goes to church, and he's, the pastor's on a pedestal. Right. And um, all those, there's so many different ways that the enemy comes into relationships um, as an angel of light. And it can look innocent, but again, we don't know what we're feeding into. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, we need to feed into our own spouse. Absolutely. Feed our spouse. Feed their needs. Feed, feed me. Their, feed me. Feed you. Feed me. Yes. <laughs> That's what our obligations. Yeah. I'm. It's not my responsibility to respect another man and give him what my husband deserves. I need to respect you. I need to feed into you and yeah. give you the love and respect you need. And out of our love for each other, you and me, mm -hmm. then that's where our love for each other, our ministry mm -hmm. flows out of that to a hurting world. Yeah. And when you do that, when you feed each other and you fill each other's love tank, that whole oxytocin thing doesn't just have to be at the beginning of a relationship. It can be in the middle. It can be after the first year. It can be after the first baby's born. It can be after the kids leave home and it's an empty nest. It can still be there, but you just have to continue to feed and fill each other because life happens and it depletes us. So instead of trying to waste that time and effort on a dangerous, potentially dangerous situation, feed each other. That's what I think. What do you think about that? Write to us or make comments on our Facebook page. We'd love to hear what you think about it. All right. Bye. Take care.